You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I feel like who art Ed. I'm trying to spice it. Who art Ed? Mr. Wood art Ed me. <laughs> yeah. Either way, it, it's ambiguous. It works on so many levels. I know. Welcome to Who Arted Weekly Art History for All Ages. I'm your host, Kyle Wood, and today we're looking at Louis Daguerre. Now, Louis Daguerre did not invent photography. He was not the first to create a photographic image or a still life, but his work and his process were hugely influential. Decades before Daguerre, there were other scientists experimenting with silver compounds that would eventually be useful for photography. Some were able to capture photographic images, but they quickly faded. Daguerre was not the first, but he was an innovator and among the first to make photography workable. He was also among the first to see photography as not only a science, but a form of art. His oldest known photograph, the artist's studio, sometimes referred to as still life with plaster casts, from 1837, was created from an artistic lens. In fact, he sent it off to Alphonse de Calieux, the director of the Louvre, but the tastemakers in Paris rejected photography from the salons. Those early photographs needed a long exposure. I'm talking like 10 or 15 minutes, and few subjects could sit still for that long. This is why the first subjects of photos tended to be landscapes or still lives. You know, things that would be still for a long time. The plaster casts were a practical subject. They were also intended to send a message that photography was a new medium, but it could handle traditional subject matter. In this collection, we see an arrangement of casts of Venus, Cupid, the wings and heads of two cherubs, above the cherub, or putty heads, which would have been associated with Phaethon, son of Helios, we see a ram's head, and the golden ram in Greek mythology was a descendant of Helios, the sun god. Central to the composition, we see these references to Greek mythology, making a connection between the new medium and the traditional hierarchy of subjects with historical paintings being among the most prized in art. He's capturing classic subjects, but more specifically, we're seeing references to the sun. That feels like a clever little wink and a nod at a well-informed audience. When we break down photography, photo means light. Graphy is writing. The photographic process is making a picture with light. The sunlight triggers a chemical reaction causing silver compounds to darken. In Daguerre's method, there were a few things I wouldn't recommend. Most notably, he would expose his photo plates to mercury vapors in the development process. While his process was highly toxic, it was also a huge step forward for photographers. As I said previously, he didn't invent photography. Others had been conducting experiments and finding some success with photographic methods before him. Daguerre based a lot of his work on things he learned from Joseph Niepce, 
but the daguerreotype method was considered to be his own invention. The thing that really helped push photography forward, though, was that while Daguerre slapped his name on the method, he didn't keep it to himself. Daguerre worked out a deal with the French government, so they paid him um, and Neves' son lifetime pensions. I believe Daguerre got like 6,000 francs a year and Neves' son got like 4,000 francs a year. And so rather than profit off licensing that invention, they made photography open source. Because he made all of his methods and findings open to everyone, others were able to quickly learn from and build off that knowledge, which spurred innovation. The exposure times needed went down relatively quickly, and the public went crazy for it. Shops sprang up all around Paris where anyone could walk in and get a picture taken. The French Academy of Fine Arts, though, didn't care for photography. Still, the press was captivated. They wrote glowing reviews of all Daguerre's demonstrations. One writer at the time said, quote, Every picture that has shown us produced an exclamation of admiration. What fineness in the strokes, what knowledge of chiaroscuro, what delicacy, how admirably are the foreshortenings given. This is nature itself. All this is wonderful, end quote. Of course, the still life was not nature itself. It was a collection of man-made objects quite deliberately constructed. As I said before, there's a bit of symbolism, but if we look through a formalist lens, we also see a variety of textures, a good range of values. The arrangement is well-balanced. Daguerre was looking to demonstrate traditional composition in the new medium. But of course, photography would also lead to innovations in the old media. Painters started to adopt the close-cropped style of photography. With the realization that a camera could capture texture, line, value, shape, and proportion so accurately, artists shifted their focus to the elements a camera couldn't capture. Early on, this meant color, which is why I don't think it's a coincidence that the Impressionist movement came on the heels of the daguerreotype. Just one more little fun fact about early photography. As I said, the first subjects tended to be still lives or landscapes because of the long exposure times needed. In 1838, Daguerre pointed his camera out his window to capture a view of the boulevard. Because of the long exposure, the moving traffic left no trace in the final image. But it just happened that someone was having his shoes shined as Daguerre took the photo. As a result, those two people, the man having his boot polished and the person polishing the boots, remained steady in their places long enough to appear in the photograph, despite Daguerre's intention to capture the buildings and the street. It's the world's oldest photograph of people, and you might say, the world's first photobomb. This concludes this week's episode of Who Arted, part of the Airwave Media Podcast Network. If you found this tolerable, please leave a rating or review on your favorite podcast app. You can find images of the work being discussed this week and every week on social media at Who Arted Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, and of course on the website whoartedpodcast.com. Podcast done.